I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast interview. Very excited to be joined today by a three-time Pro Bowler, Tennessee Titans, 2005 Texas National Champion, and now Longhorn Network uh, analyst and star, the one and only Michael Griffin. Griff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? You know what? I can't complain. We're just uh, coming off the NFL draft weekend. I'll get your thoughts on that in just a second, but Uh, I always like to get you about this time after spring football has concluded uh, to get your take on where you think this team is, where its strengths and maybe where some uh, areas that still need work are on this Longhorns football team. And and so, you know, I'll start with you on the defensive side of the football and you lose Keandre Coburn and Moro Ojimo, who just got drafted mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend. But you still have Byron Murphy and you still have Tavondre Sweat. So uh, last year, I think I had you do some confidence rankings um, and the defensive line um, was right around an eight. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about this defensive line? Uh, I would say I think I, I, I think if you look at it when it comes to the defense side of the ball, I think they they carry the most uh, um, experience. I think the one thing that you saw last year how well Coburn played. I mean, it was six years he played at the University of Texas, and you thought that he reached his peak, but you saw last year that he took on a whole another step, and understandably, that's why he got drafted this past weekend. But, um, I mean, you got Keandre Sweat, you got Byron Murphy, you got some young guys coming in, uh, Sadir Mitchell, um, who looks like a, a mammoth when you look at the size of he is coming from high school. But I, I feel like it all starts in the trenches, and you looked at last year, they did a phenomenal job. Uh, they got a lot of pressures on the quarterback, but at the same time, they did not get the sacks. But they did exactly what they needed to do to be able to stay in a lot of these football games, even go back to the TCU game, um, just what this defense did as a whole. Um, they put them right back in the game, even though it was no offensive touchdowns. They managed to put themselves right back in the game late. And then you go on to see the the, the the good things that they did throughout the year of just how they changed being one of the worst defenses into being one of the one of the best defenses in the Big 12. 
When you look at the edge, um, Steve Sarkeesian's talked a lot about Baron Sorrell, uh, but who else stands out, stood out to you coming out of spring uh, in terms of coming off the edge? Well, you know, the biggest thing is spring is kind of hard to tell because, you know, it's not really live, not to mention that you can't hit the quarterbacks. And, you know, you saw some green jerseys here and there, like they were participating, but they weren't actually being live. So that's still something that's going to, you know, you, you, you still got to figure that out. I mean, it's just being an edge rusher. Um, there's just an artwork to it. And, and some people just have that gift. You look at a guy like Brian Arakpo, um, uh, Sergio Kendall, those guys in the past, they just had a, a, a great instinct for it. So, um, you had some guys like Joseph Osai, I mean, Joseph uh, Osai in the past. I mean, he did a phenomenal job coming off the edge, but again, it was one of those like uh, uh, a great hustle type plays. Um, plays got extended, he managed to get his way to the quarterback. But a guy that really just has a knack to get to the uh, quarterback, I mean, literally right off the edge, like a Will Anderson in those times, you, you got to really have that type of knack and a feel for it. So, um, I think as they progress when it comes to this defense with PK as D coordinator, I think he's going to find guys as they're going through the recruiting process. But I think also he's going to dial up some more blitzes and ways to get to the quarterback. You saw last year, DeMarvion Obershaw had to come off the edge some. Uh, Ford had to come off the edge some. So they kept finding ways to get after the quarterback. But for some reason, they managed not to be able just to just get that four-man pressure and just be able to get sacks that way. Is there a guy you have a feeling about? Um, well, I, I mean, know. last year you had a lot of young guys, and you had some guys that like uh, uh, guys that are left and things of that nature. So I think it's just something that they're going to have to continue to work, uh, get bigger, stronger, faster, and uh, and just understand. You know, you get on the edge. You know, you can't attack somebody down the middle, but you got to get half of a man to get on the edge, work on the spin move. But if the first move don't work, what is your counter move? Just those different things. A lot of times they do is they just go straight. They go straight in. And if they don't get around the edge, they want to just go straight down the bull rush. And, and that's just not going to work, especially at the next level. But that just makes it so much easier for offense alignment. So they're going to have to find ways to get from the first, second, maybe even third move. Just generate different pass rush moves, watch more film, and just get just figure this thing out. I'm telling you, the the guy who may end up being the the pressure guy is, is a freshman in Anthony Hill. And that leads us to the linebacker position, Griff. Um, obviously, uh, you've got Jalen Ford returning. Um, give me your thoughts on the linebacker position. Uh, if I had to say, I mean, just like last year, it was the thinnest position. Um, you got Anthony Hill who steps in to replace the Marion Overshawn. Jalen Ford, of course, you got him for another year. But I think that might be the position that's the most thin, and that's the position that you're like hoping and praying there's no injuries because there's not a lot of depth when it comes to experience. But um, the good thing is what I did see in the spring game, you saw Anthony Hill, what he can do. He runs down the middle, big, strong, physical young man. Um, he's only going to get better with time. But to see him being able to step in, should be a senior in high school and graduating, I guess, this coming this month. But a guy that came in already for spring ball and showed he's able to come in and get a lot of things done and accomplished. Um, of course, he's going to have some errors here and there. But I think the best thing to do is – let him play right now. I think by year two, year three, I mean, he's going to be a phenomenal football player. You've got some guys who've been around the program, guys like David Benda and uh, Mo Blackwell. Um, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on those guys? Because Ford had been in the program and then he burst onto the scene last year. Um, could 
David Benda have that kind of year? I mean, you know, you, you don't want to you don't want to count anybody out. I mean, you got David Benda at the same time. He was supposed to be a starter a couple of years back and Ford managed to make his way into that starting role. So, um, you know, two years ago, there was another different starting linebacker. So, again, I mean, he has his opportunities. And again, I don't think he's out right now. I think you're going to be able to get him some experience, especially early games when you play these early uh, games in this early in the season uh, to get him a lot of experience. But right now I would have to. Anthony Hill showed the most promising the fact that you understand that you you, you kind of see what his floor is right now coming in as a true freshman but now you can see that he he has a bigger um ceiling when it comes to the the, the young men that are there um maybe Bender gets his opportunity next year and Jalen Ford decides to leave as of right now I would just have to say that you have to run with the young guy kind of like what you did with Derek Johnson when he first got to the University of Texas just let him play he's going to get better as time progresses yeah, they did that with him as a sophomore. Denton Ryan just had him uh, rush the passer, and he made a huge impact. And then he learned the nuances of playing, um, you know, that middle linebacker position and all the linebacker positions at Denton Ryan. Won a state championship with JT Sanders as a sophomore there at Denton Ryan. Um, Michael Griffin, our guest here on the flagship podcast, and Griff probably will move toward the secondary now um, and – you know, Jody Barron, if, if we're given a confidence rating uh, to that star nickel position, I mean, Jody Barron had a breakout year last year. Uh, give me your thoughts. I think he had, I, if I had to say, uh, outside of Anthony Cook and, and Ford, I would have to say that Jody Barron might have been one of the MVPs when it came to this defense of last year. I mean, just the things that he was able to do. Um, in the beginning, he was switching, having time switched in and out with uh, Gilbo, who was a true freshman. Unfortunately, he got banged up, and Jade Barron took that opportunity and just ran off with it. I mean, he was a guy that was contemplating, you know, his future. You know, he's a local guy from the Austin area, went to Pflugerville Conley. But, again, just, just the confidence that he played with last year, I think that just showed tremendously on what type of season he should have this year. Um, spoke to him briefly, and I told him, hey, you know what, now it's your team. You know, it's, this is your opportunity to – to take that next step. I think he, he got a taste of what it, you know, the, his young former teammates like Ojimo and the Marion Overshone just to see these guys get drafted. So I think he, he sees what the, the, the next level is like, the opportunity that presents, that presents itself. And he has an opportunity this year to come out and, you know, start off where he left off last year. So I'm very excited to see him at that nickel position. Um, when you look at Watts, the corner, uh, he had a great, a great. He did a great job last year playing that boundary corner. Big, strong, physical guy. Great at tackling. Um, you got to figure out who's going to for Anthony Cook. I mean, he's a guy that I think shocked the entire uh, Texas fan base. A guy that's been around for a long time. Had opportunity last year. Played physical. Broke his forearm. Still played throughout games. I mean, he played his heart and his soul out. And I think that just went on to Jaron Thompson. I think he was he, – he from – you saw his first opportunity playing when Caden Stearns first left to last year. I mean, that was a guy that really took that next step, the guy that we've been looking for for a long time. Um, you can go back to watch a bunch of games, and I'd say a lot of things that go unnoticed, but just some of those open field tackles that he – especially versus Oklahoma, Iowa State, and some of those other games. Um, you would love to see them get their hands more, but, again, just the way that defense played collectively together, the secondary – um, they played a great job. And then you look out, you got Brooks on the outside. Now he was sharing time with Jamison last year, but now he's a sole starter. So it's another opportunity for him to take that next step. Now being that he's the starter, 
Um, I see him having an opportunity to have a good season, but I think they got a lot of depth when you look at it. Uh, you got Jalen Catalan. We've seen him in Arkansas, originally a Texas commit that decided to go to Arkansas. But um, I think he can do a lot of great things for this football team. Um, you look at uh, 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 the, the freshman that's supposed to be coming in, uh, I think it's Williams. Um, yeah, Derek Williams. Derek Williams. Uh, the Raptor. The Raptor. I think he's going to be a tremendous player. Uh, you know, is just see, can that translate from high school? Can it translate to the college level at such an early age? We'll see. But the good thing is you got guys in place that these young guys don't have to come in and play right away. Uh, but I'm really excited to see the secondary. I think right now, if you look at it, from a year ago, uh, 2021 to the 22 season, I mean, it was just a completely different defense when you look at what PK did with those guys from going from a five and eight season to um, just being in each and every football game. It wasn't like there was a game that we're just saying, oh, this game is over with. I think the biggest test was that Alabama game when we saw that, hey, these guys can really play. And from that standpoint, it wasn't just a fluke. It was a team that came out and played each and every week. I think that was definitely a good sight when it comes to looking at this university football team. Yeah, there's been um, – they didn't lose any position coaches, so there's continuity finally for these guys. So many of these position players have had a revolving door leading up to um, Steve Sarkeesian getting here with, with PK. Um, but Gary Patterson did – um, move on or he's taking more time for for his family um, he you know told me that he did a lot of the opponent scout for the game planning mm -hmm. um, of opposing offenses for the Texas defense going into to games how much do you think his absence right now uh, impacts the the Texas defense you know it's hard to tell because I mean the biggest thing I would say is you can go back to when um I go back to back when we played. I mean, when when Gene Chizik left, I don't think it necessarily the mentality of the players never left. I think we understood that there was a, a way, there was a standard uh, on how to play football. And I think that's the biggest thing that you see right now. They're starting to develop a culture. Um, if, you, if you really want to be technical, I think the last wave of quote-unquote the, the Tom Herman era is this draft class that just left. So you may have a few guys like a Jordan Whittington that's still there, maybe even a Jade Barron, whatever it is. But a lot of these guys are starting to become Sarkeesian guys. When you go to uh, Sanders, you go to Ewers, you go to a lot of the old linemen. Um, a lot of these guys are Sarkeesian as guys. So you can kind of see how the evolution of the different mindset that you could just see the body language and when they win, how excited they are, when they lose, the mindset of they're not giving up. Um, the biggest thing I'm about to see, you're going to have to really see when this team is, you know, for the longest, Roshan, Roshan Johnson has, has been the heart and soul of this team and, and when it came to the offense, pretty much the team leader. Even though Bijan got all the recognition, Roshan was the guy that everybody can look up to. He was the guy that you know that you can, you know, um, lean on him. And he would always have the up-tempo when it came to this team. Um, just the way that DeMarvion Overshone played on the defense side of the ball, he just brought a spark early in the game on how this team is supposed to play. But when you go back to the, the spring game and just watch these young men in, in spring practice, they didn't lose that. It's like they understood how to practice. They understood the energy to come to practice. And you could just see that this team is just totally different. Um, and again, you just hope that it carries on through the summer, continue to make smart decisions and continue to work hard 
in the summer and then be prepared and come in uh, fall ball and be ready for the first game. All right, we'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast interview with Michael Griffin. Um, Don't go anywhere. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Michael, I want to get your uh, your take on this Texas. Well, before we leave the defense, if there's one concern um, you know, that you have about the defense going into summer and into fall camp as of right now, what would that be? Um, it's, it's hard to say, uh, it's, it's hard to say being that, you know, you didn't lose much on the defense side of the ball. Yes. You lost Colburn. Yes. You lost the Marion Overshawn and Jameson, but you didn't lose much. Um, and the, the, I think the biggest thing is, and I think the biggest thing that Texas was blessed with last year was it wasn't really any injuries. It wasn't anything that was a setback. So, um, I really can't say that I have any concerns. You, you just hope and pray that last year was not a fluke. Um, you just hope that last year's, or may I say, the the, the bowl game, um, despite the fact you know they didn't come up with the victory, but you just hope and pray that that's not where they're going to leave off and start this upcoming season, um, despite the, whatever happens. Uh, the second game of the year with Alabama, you know, don't allow that to to speculate or don't allow that to say this is what our season is. We beat Alabama, whatever. Um, last year they lost to Alabama, but they continued. Then they came back, they won, and they lost to Texas Tech, but they continued to fight and they continued to put themselves in a position that they were still almost able to play for a Big 12 championship that it fell in their hands. So I would say – if they continue to have that mindset, especially on the defense side of the ball, that every inch, every blade of grass counts. You go back to the Iowa State game, you go back to that Kansas State game, that this defense has continued to fight each and every play. I think you have nothing to worry about when it comes to this defense. If you had a player who could surprise, someone who's not been a, a, a starter or a big-time contributor yet, um, who would that player be on defense? Uh, if I had to say anybody that would be a star that has not been, um, honestly, I, I would have to go with, you know, we don't really talk about him much, but I would have to go with uh, Brooks. Reason being is he finally has his opportunity to start and he's going to be that field corner. Um, If you saw last year when it came to the quarters coverage, he got beat a lot on a deep ball. And I think that was the weakness, but I think, 
having an opportunity to start and play every game. Um, the fact that he is a big corner, he's like six, five, 11, six foot, 200 and some pounds, big, big frame guy that can run, that can do it all. Uh, I think now he's going to be able to play with more confidence being that he's not an interchangeable player. If he messes up, Jameson comes back in. I think now he's able just to play. Uh, so I would have to say it's, it's, it's his time to shine. It's his time to have that opportunity to be out there on the Island by himself, the field corner. Uh, of course, you're going to get a lot of opportunities out there and this is his opportunity to shine. Terrence Brooks from Little Elm, Texas. All right, uh, Griff, moving over to the offense. Um, I saw where, you know, Pro Football Focus put out a mock draft for for 2024. And when yours is is in the first round. I see, of, Banks, I see Banks in two years being the first pick in the draft. But yeah, I, yeah, he's, he's looking – that uh, – that's uh, that's nice knowing he's he's around for for two more years. Um, but let's let's start with the quarterback position. Um, you know, Malik Murphy was probably stole the show in the spring game. Spring game, you're not game planning, can't hit him. All that playing with second and third teamers though, and he made it look pretty good. And of course, Arch Manning. What? Uh, give me your thoughts on that quarterback position. Uh, let's start with Arch Manning. I think uh, for him. I think he's just going to have to to calm down, settle down, and just be who he wants to be. You know, all everything going around him, what his uncles have done and everything else, that's just something he's going to have to, uh, you know, downplay and understand, look through that, look past that, and just, you know, just be a kid. He's 17, 18 years old, whatever he may be. Be a kid. Be, be a student athlete. Just enjoy it. You know, it will come. Um, you know, you don't have to do anything special. You just have to do what got you there. Um, and, and so with that, again, he looked, he looked what a, a high school quarterback would look like. I mean, that's just what it looked like when he played. I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and I say this all the time. We all remember what Colt McCoy and what Vince Young did at the end of their careers. We never remember what they did in the beginning. And not to say it, they did some great things, but they also had some, you know, young, what you call freshman mistakes when they played early in their career. So, um, but they went on to win the Rose Bowl. They went on to a national title. They went on to win the Fiesta Bowl. They did a lot of great things, Big 12 championships. They did it all. But we don't ever remember what they did in the beginning. We can even go back to Sam. Sam's first year, we didn't know what was going on. But then all of a sudden, it was like everybody was excited for Sam Ellinger. So, again, I say the same thing um, when it comes to, 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 to Manning. You know, just, you know, let, allow him be himself. Allow him, give him some time. Uh, we go to Malik. I think Malik finally got opportunity. I think the biggest thing that I noticed with him, he just played with so much confidence. I think he realized he has nothing to lose. Um, he's, you know, he's been banged up. He's been hurt his entire time on the four before he got on the 40 acres and being on the 40 acres. So just having that opportunity to go, I think that's great. I think the biggest thing is, like I always say, is your team is only as good as your backup quarterback because your backup quarterback may have to play. Um, and so seeing that you're not questioning that position, I think Malik showed that he can manage the game. We know he has a rifle for an arm. We know he he he, he stays you know positive and things in in, in the um, pocket. Um, but again, it, it's 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 nothing against him. And I'm not going to knock him, but we don't know what he's like in a real football game. We don't know when I like to say the bullets are really flying when everything is live and there's no such thing as you got a green jersey and I just run past you and tap you. You know, we got you got to really see that. 
you know, we know he's been banged up, but you got to see has he mentally been over, you know, the injuries and things when you're playing in a real live game, the crowd is cheering. It's a night football game. Um, maybe you're down by a score or you just threw an interception. What is your bounce? Because we didn't see that. Nobody threw an interception or anything. So we didn't see how do you respond back to making a mistake. So still, the jury's still out there, but I think he had a phenomenal job. I think you're only going to be as good as Malik Murphy is being the backup quarterback. That's just obvious. You're only going to be as good as he is. Um, I think yours showed a lot more promise. I think you're starting to see a guy that has some experience on his belt now. Um, I know it wasn't the prettiest sight last year, but you saw what he did um, in the in the bowl game versus Washington. Um, so you can see the promises and things in that nature. Uh, you know, I think it was one of those things where it's, hey, I don't have Bijan back there to hand the ball off to, so I got to play with more confidence. So I think that's the thing now is that he has to play with more confidence. I think this team is only going to go as far as he takes them. Uh, you know, there's, there's, if you go back to the running back position, there's a lot of running backs, and you're trying to figure out who has the Bijan slash Roshan effect. And, you know, those, as of right now, those guys are still young. Bijan and Roshan had a lot of experience. I mean, Roshan played from day one, went from quarterback to running back from day one. And then Bijan, came in and he started playing right away too. So that was a lot of experience back there. Right now you got guys that collectively together, I don't think they even got a full game collectively together. So, um, and it's about five of them back there in that running back room. So um, again, I think this team is only going to go as far as a quarterback position to take them. And with that being said, both quarterbacks are going to have to be on the same page and, and be expecting to play at any given moment. What do you think of Jonathan Brooks? Because we didn't really see him in the spring, but we've seen glimpses of him. Uh, saw him against Kansas last year. We've seen him in, you know, a different garbage time of games. What do you think about Jonathan Brooks? That That's the problem. You know, you see players at garbage times. That's that's just – that's that's the problem. I promise you. My first game as a freshman, I came in, I think we were playing New Mexico State, and I was like, oh, this is easy. And then the next week we played Arkansas and we got blown out. It's like, oh, this is different. Like, it's, it's totally different when you're playing against a team that's winning and you're playing against a team that's getting blown out. So, um, I mean, you you know they all have they have they all have gifts. You know, the question is, what is that gift? And the question for Sarkeesian or whoever's going to call the plays is, how do you put your playmakers in position to make plays? So that's going to be the biggest question is understanding that you don't have a guy back there that's, you know, Bijan, I think he weighed in at 220 and ran a 4-4-40. Do I think these guys run 4-4s? Yeah, I think they run 4-4s. The question is, do I think they can take the hits and bounce off and have the great vision and catch the ball out the backfield? That is still up for debate because we have not seen it yet. Maybe they did it in high school, but this is a different level. So uh, it's still up for debate. Uh if you want to say the guy that really surprised me in the spring game, I would have to say Savion Red. Um, it, he was impressive. Uh, the only question mark I had for him was there was one time when Anthony Hill came on a blitz down the middle and Savion Red made a great business decision. Kind of, <laughs> kind of, he stuck his shoulder down. Anthony Hill gave him a little love tap, and he next thing you know, he acted like his shoulder was out of place. So it's like, hey, if you're gonna be a running back, you gotta be able to do, you gotta be able to deliver it, but at the same time, you gotta be able to take it. So uh, again, I think 
Baxter, big back. Um, he's gonna have to learn how to run with his pads now. Um, you know, again, get them, get the. He's gonna have to understand the game. I think one of the things in the surprising moments was it took them four downs on the one yard line to score a touchdown. And your expectations from a man that size is, you know, you're so used to be John on the one yard line. It's a one take. He's in. But seeing somebody with four opportunities and you finally get in. You know, that's where you're like, okay, we got to get our pads down. We got to get stronger. You got to have that determination of, hey, nobody's going to stop me on the one-yard line. So um, it's just something that you feel that, you know, hey, Bijan Roshan is not here. As you're watching them, you got to watch them with an open mind. And, and you, naturally, you want to compare the two. Um, those two players with all the players, you want to see how they emulate each other. What, But, you know, as of right now, them as a collective, as a core, as a group, they got to find themselves and be like, what am I going to bring to the table and what am I going to do when I get my opportunity? And and just, you know, you know, don't try to do too much. Just do your thing. And that's what they got to understand. As a former safety um, who probably had uh, tight ends in his, uh, in his coverage um, parameters, um, JT Sanders is the highest first round pick in pro football Focus's mock draft for 2024 at number 18. Um, what, what stands out about him, Griff? Uh, the physical nature, um, understand he played both sides of the ball in high, in high school. So you understand he, he knows how to be aggressive. He knows how to be physical. Um, very athletic. That was the biggest surprise. A lot of times you don't see guys playing defense in. He can go to the tight end position and, and move the way that he does, gets downfield on the vertical routes, um, the wheel routes, and then the way he blocks, very physical at the approach. Um, if I had to say his weakness is just understand that, hey, you're not going to be able to blow everybody off the ball, especially when he does that crack back on the backside. He faces some of them defensive ends. going to have to understand that, hey, listen, I'm going to have to get perfect position and just steal off the block. But um, again, I think the sky's still a limit. I think last year it was his first time actually getting a lot of playing time and playing the position. Um, and I think he's only going to get better this year. So um, very excited to see does he take how does he take on that next approach um, and definitely see how coaches use him in more than one ways. Um, when you're looking at who's that second, that third, that fourth receiver, last year he was roughly around that third receiver because you had a Whittington, you had Xavier Worthy, then you had Jatavion Sanders. But now you got a lot of guys that, you know, scouting-wise, you're going to have to try to figure out who do we stop and who do we go after. So with that being said, I can see him getting a lot of more opportunities. Um, and you can also see, you know, Sarkeesian strongly believes in him. I mean, you can go back to the Alabama game, I think it was, or one of the games. Um, they had him out there on the island by himself. Just like, we're just going to throw a jump ball to him because we believe in him. So that just lets you know the the how much uh, Coach Sarkeesian believes in him. And, and, and you saw a lot of great things from him. And, you just want to see him take that next step and continue to progress. Well, the other player in uh, Pro Football Focus's mock draft uh, in the first round is Xavier Worthy. They had him at number 31. Um, your thoughts on the receiver position um, going into this year? You know what? I, I, I'm, I'm really excited and happy for Jordan Woodson. Last year was his first year. He got to play the whole entire season, stayed healthy. Um, and you just see what he does as a blanket um when he gets the ball in his hands you kind of figure out what type of player he is he's just a, like a running back with the ball in his hands he's another guy like a Roshan that came in as a running back a quarterback uh, 
possibly going to be a safety. He, he's just an all-around athlete. But you just see the good things that he do when the ball's in his hand. You go back to the spring game, and I keep trying to understand why people think they can just thud him down. you got to wrap him up and really get him down. He's a very tough uh, runner with the ball in his hands. Um, but with him being that safety, that security blanket, with uh, Jatavion Sanders also helping out yours, I think that's only going to make Xavier Worthy and, and, and Mitchell on the outside, I think that's going to definitely help them two out. Uh, I think it's going to actually help Xavier. I was having Mitchell out there also. The fact that a uh, big, tall, uh, rangy receiver uh, can make all the catches, can can run all the routes. I think it's just going to help him out even more to get more big plays and things of that nature. And also, uh, you watched last year, a lot of teams would have a corner up on them and have a safety rolled over top of them. And literally, they was like, hey, listen, Find somebody else to throw the ball to. And that's the problem with yours. And and um, yours last year was just trying to find who's the other receiver out there. And that was the biggest thing. We know Whittington, he's not the guy that's going to take the top off with defense. He's the guy that's going to run the underneath routes and do all the dirty work. So finding somebody else to take the top off with defense with Mitchell, I think that's going to help this offense out tremendously. Yeah, and we haven't even really seen Isaiah Nair Yet he's another big receiver who can get deep and scored 12 touchdowns for Wyoming a couple of years ago. Um, all right, Griff. So in your mind, you you won a conference championship. You won a national championship in 05. Does this look like a team that can do can do that, can win a Big 12 title? And if you win the Big 12 title, you're probably in the college football playoff. Your thoughts? Um, I, I think they – I mean <laughs> – I would say this year's team has a better opportunity than last year's team does, especially with having Bijan and Roshan and there. And the only reason being is that I feel like just the each position is is more seasoned. Uh, the quarterback position is seasoned. Um, you look at the wide receiver position, it's seasoned. I think this might be the best receiver group. Um, whew. If I had to really guess, and if Nayar comes back the way that he was before he got injured, this might be the best receiving group since the Roy Williams and Sloan Thomas and B.J. Johnson, just because you 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 have guys that can do it all. B.J. Johnson kind of reminds me of Xavier Worthy, a guy that can just take the top off the defense, can get down and feel quick. Um, you have Mitchell, who's pretty much like a Roy Williams, can run every route in the route tree, but then still can take the top off the defense. But then you have that plus of having a big body guy like Nayar who can take the top off the defense, run your over routes, whatever it is. So this might be the closest group to those young men that I've seen in a long time. Yes, you had the Colin Johnson and you had the Jordan Humphrey, but they they were they were depth, they were guys that get deep big targeted guys that they have the speed Colin Johnson did, but of course he got banged up a lot. Uh, little Jordan Humphrey, he was just a freakishly type athlete. Um, I think if he was in his office, he may be like a, hey, put some more pounds on and go down there with Jatavion Sanders and do some things in that type of nature. But when it comes to pure threat at the receiver position, I would have to say this is that type of group when it comes to this um, offensive side of the ball. So I say this year, they have the best chances. Then you look around the Big 12, you look at Oklahoma State, who they always have an issue with, that you don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be this year. Um, you go look at uh, Oklahoma, of course, that was a, a show that we've never seen before. But, again, that's one of the teams that you know you got to get over that hump. But then you got these unknown teams. You got Cincinnati. You got uh, 
uh, you got uh, Houston, you got uh, BYU, you got these new teams that are coming in to the Big 12 that you don't really know nothing about them, but understand that they're going to give you their best shot. And um, and then you go back to, you look at, thank God Deuce Vaughn is no longer, but congratulations going to K-State, but thank God he's no longer there because we just knew the things he did when it came to playing. Then Iowa State is just always that team. Uh, Hutchinson just got drafted, good receiver, but they just always seem to find some type of talented players. They always seem to find some type of way to just sneak in there. And then, of course, you got TCU that, you know, we can look at Max Duggan and we look three years, four years ago, wherever it was, we were like, who is this guy? Third guy on the depth chart. Next thing you know, this guy's playing for a national title. So you can't count any of these teams out. At the end of the day, Texas just has to handle their business and they have to just stay within and just go week by week, day by day, brick by brick. That's what they have to do. They can't allow any of these different things to happen. Uh, last year, you look at the Texas Tech game and you knew it on fourth and whatever. You had a previously high school, glamour high school football coach that just went out there and said, hey, we have absolutely nothing to lose. Fourth down, we running it and just could not find a way to stop that. So again, Texas just can't beat Texas. Yeah, no doubt about that. The NFL draft uh, just wrapped up Griff. Uh, Bijan Robinson to the Atlanta Falcons, number eight overall. Uh, your thoughts on that? Oh, you know, I think the, the, the biggest thing is, which was surprising, they had Algier from last year, and he was a thousand yard rusher. But I think that Bijan's a safe pick. Uh, you know, I, I watched the pivot, and it was kind of funny because they were like, is there anything that, you know, do you have any flaws? You just can't be that perfect. And literally, you really think about it. And it's like there's nothing negative that you can say about this young man. Very talented young man. Uh, and, and he just continued to impress you. Um, and the biggest thing is he's just so humble. Um, and that's why it's if you want to say something negative about him, you can't because it's like he's just so nice. He's so humble. He's so special. He's so gifted. He's so talented. And then when you hear about his story and things of that nature, you just understand why he is the way that he is. His nickname is Smiley. He's always smiling. Um, but again, I, I'm excited for him. I think the good thing is he, he has Arthur Smith, who people who know him. He's the head coach. He's caused the plays. But he had Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards with the Tennessee Titans, and he kind of got that thing sprung off. Of course, it's Derrick Henry. He didn't need much to do, but he kind of got that going. And then also he coached Delaney Walker, which we all know he lives and dies by the play-action pass. So you have a good tight end there that was drafted in the first round. You have London, who's a good receiver. And then you have uh, B. John Robinson at the helm at the running back position with Algier to spring him some opportunities here and there. So and, and I think what they're trying to do is build a high-powered offense that can just game manage and run the, run the ball and be able to be very productive with the play-action pass. And I think having a guy like B. John, we know he can catch the ball out the backfield, but he also can run between the tackles. So he's a guy that can do it all. Well, and DeMarvian Overshone to the Cowboys with uh, Micah Parsons, Daniel, Dan Quinn running that show. Um, what do you think there? He was born to be a Cowboy. Uh, <laughs> he's always he wearing was, his Cowboy hat. Always wearing his Cowboy hat. He's from a small town. Um, you know, and just, you know, I go back and, and I don't know, and I hope he just not, I go back to a conversation me and him had back in 2019. Um, and I was like, why don't you just, why don't you play linebacker? And he, and I'm not, again, I give him all the credit and he did it. It's nothing. It was one of those things that 
you had Caden Stearns, you had BJ Foster, uh, Brandon Jones, you had all these guys, and he was trying to fight to get on the field. He really wanted to play safety. And he came in a class that had some great talented players at the safety position. And I said, just play linebacker. He's like, I, I want to be a safety. I want to be a safety. And it was weird because he they started putting packages in that it was an extra safety, but he was still playing linebacker. It was almost like they came in dying, but he still, quote unquote, I'm a safety. I'm just in dying. But they're playing him like a linebacker. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, look up a young man by the name of Mark Barron. That was this highly touted first round safety that lost his job at the safety position in the NFL, but switched to linebacker and became one of the highest paid linebackers in the league. And I was like, he was like 226 pounds, played for the Rams and was phenomenal. And I'm like, just look him up. Watch him in college and watch when he ends up in the NFL and look how much. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to coach. And next thing you know, he's playing a linebacker position. And it's like, and I, again, I ain't saying I did anything. All I am saying is he found a way to get on the field and the rest was history. And that's why you're like, you know what? I, I'm really happy for him. And he was one of the players I was all, I, I literally, he was one of the players I was excited to see. He was each and every week, I was always looking for that big hit that just, just no regards for his body, just played with so much passion, but so quiet. That was the weirdest thing. Off the field, very quiet, didn't really talk, but on the field, just played with so much. He lets his play do all his talking with all his emotions. And I'm excited to see what Dan Quinn can do with him. Um, you got Curse, Jaron Curse, who's Javon Curse's nephew, who I was with the Vikings briefly. Uh, just those type of players that I just excited to see what Dan Quinn could just do with the Michael Parsons, uh, the Marvin Overshawn, Curse, um, and then to see they short up the secondary and things of that nature. I'm just excited to see what they could do. Um, again, he's a guy that you never take off the field because he can cover tight ends, he can blitz, he can tackle, he he and he just plays with so much energy. I'm excited to see him play this year. Well, you mentioned Rojo, and he goes in the fourth round of the Chicago Bears. We'll, we'll wind it down on this one, uh, Michael. He's he's going to be competing with Deontay Foreman, former Longhorn, to get carries in Chicago, uh, along with uh, second-year back Khalil Herbert. Um, your thoughts on Rojo to the Bears? You know, Rojo brings that uh, – he has that uh, – he has that – to me, if you, if you think of a guy, he has that Piran effect. That P. Ryan, that guy that just always stays um, stays around because he's a good team player. He's a special teams guy, but at the same time, he's a hard worker and he's a guy that can get the job done. Um, I, again, I think this is probably the first time Texas had a had an RB one and an RB like RB one A, RB one B. Are they two different type of players? Yes. Can they both get the job done? The answer is yes. And, I, and again, I said this all the time, is that if Roshan was playing with anybody else, he would have been the starter for any team across the country. Any team, I don't care if it's Alabama, Georgia, whatever, he would have been the starter for any team across the country. But he stuck it out. He got his uh, got his degree from the University of Texas. Um, he's a selfless player, came in as a quarterback. The coach said, hey, we're a little thin at the running back position. Do you mind playing it? He did it, and he continued to play. I thought for sure last year when uh, Bijan got banged up, 
and he played that last game and he rushed for over 100 and some plus yards. I was like, oh, he's about to enter the transfer protocols. He transferred portal because he realized he could start somewhere else right away, but he stuck it out. And so, yes, he's going to be battling out, but the difference is, I mean, the guy can do it all. He can pass block. He can he can run the football. He can catch the football. He can play special teams. He can do anything that you ask him to do. I wouldn't even be surprised. And I remember I seen this one day through an interception in practice his freshman year, and I remembered him hit taking a big he hit hit this safety so hard. <laughs> and I was like, why is he not playing linebacker? Oh, but literally he could do it all. Um, and again, I think Chicago definitely won on that. And and the good thing is just seeing what they're trying to do with that offensive side of the ball. Um, with Justin Fields, you go get more, you still got Chase Pool, um, with uh the other, other young uh, receiver, and then you got the tight ends position sold up. I think they're building a great offense that, again, you got Foreman, you got uh, uh, Rojo. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be a sight to see. And we all know when it gets cold out there, especially in Chicago, hey, the more running backs you got, the better. I mean, it's, it gets tough trying to tackle these 220-plus pound running backs in that cold. So I see what they're trying to do, and I think they got to steal the draft. All right. Well, before we let you go, you're always you got stuff going on. I mean, you and Arakpo own, you know, the Gigi's Cupcakes out in B Cave and um, and television, right? Is, Roku, is yeah, we did a, a six episode season on Roku. Yes. Okay. So tell tell the folks about your six episodes. We got six, we got six episodes on Roku it's called the Cupcake Guys. If you have Roku, if you have any Samsung devices, whatever, just download it. You don't have to pay for it. It's for free. Um, but we had six. I, I call it a family affair. Um, it's involving myself, my family, uh, involving my uh, rack, his family, our other business partner, Brian. And he's uh, I'm not going to spoil that part. Y'all should watch. It's kind of entertaining and funny. But uh, it's great. It's great stories. Uh, and people may ask the question, did my daughter play football? Yes, she did play tackle football this year. And she won city. She tried out quarterback but she had a crush on the starting quarterback so she decided to suck on purpose <laughs> and then became starting running back in the starting middle linebacker and that was impressive so yeah she was on 18 they won city she broke her wrist played with a cast on she did it all so yes they're going to probably see that she was trying out for football and she accomplished her goals. So, um, what's your daughter's name? Maya, M Y A, Maya Griffin. Maya Griffin, ladies and gentlemen, she emerges as the star seventh of the grade, seventh grade okay, guys. football. Yes, yeah, she won city in the city of Austin. She won city. They beat uh, O. Henry, which was my alma mater. I went to O. Henry Middle School. So, I was cheering for the other team, but she didn't beat me. So, yes. <laughs> How's it going for her and the other quarterback? Oh man, nah. She she nah. you know is nah. She's like one of the she's like one of the guys now. It's yeah. I told her, baby, it's like hard for you to be like one of the guys, but then you got like a you know. But it's it's this hey middle school is the weirdest thing to me with relationships and all this other stuff. I'm like, what is dating? What is going together? Like, what are y'all doing? Oh, we're just friends. So why do y'all call a boyfriend? I don't know what it is. I I, I kind of just I let mommy take care of that. It's, it's good good call. I I'm think so, middle school I'm so is the worst years of your life. I'm my so opinion. Confused on what's going on? It's crazy. 
Listen, Griff, you are the best. Anything else you got going on that we need uh, to plug? I, apparently, I'm supposed to have some little video shoot thing tomorrow, so I might have to get a haircut today. I don't know. We just some with the cupcake guys. Some of these, these cupcakes take you a long way. I don't get hey, man. It. Takes you a long way. No one deserves it more than you do. You and Rack, great guys and legends uh, in the Texas football world. Thanks so much for taking some time with us today here on the Flagship Podcast. Oh, appreciate you. Thank you. All right. For Michael Griffin, I am Chip Brown. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Flagship Podcast interview here uh, on Horns 24-7 YouTube channel. And until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith.